Pop Talk and Aliens, the William Clear Podcast. Once more into the breach, my dear, to end the year. Yes, yes, she's right. I am William Clear. This is Pop Talk and Aliens, and it is a podcast as always, and it is brought to you by Audible. If you would like to check out the world's largest and leading platform for audiobooks, go to audibletrial.com slash poptalkandaliens, and guess what? 30 free days of Audible with a free audiobook to download, listen to, no catches, no questions asked. Enjoy anything from Audible. Take one on the house for 30 days at audibletrial.com slash poptalkandaliens. They've got uh, every audiobook you can possibly imagine. If you want to check out something about UFOs, it, they're all there. It, you know, you love the Star Wars, you're here for the Star Wars podcast, you like some Star Wars books, audibletrial.com slash aliens and check one out. I recommend Shadow of the Sith right now. That's the one I've been reading. Really good. It's about Lando and Luke, like after Return of the Jedi, looking for Sith artifacts and stuff. Yeah, it ties into the sequels, but I, I, it's a good one. If you, if you like Star Wars, I think you'll enjoy that one. Uh, as always, you can contact us, uh, keep up with the show by going to Instagram at Pop Talk and Aliens. And uh, if you'd like to go to YouTube to see some of the clips and shorts and also just full episodes that are there, that's youtube.com slash at Pop Talk and Aliens. And yes, there is an at symbol in there, youtube.com slash at Pop Talk and Aliens. And of course, poptalkandaliens.com is the website, the home base, if you would like to uh, go through any past episodes. And speaking of going through past episodes, this uh, episode that I'm doing now is going to be uh, a clip show, if you will, a highlights, a greatest hits of uh, myself and Charlie Crabtree talking Star Wars. Because we've talked Star Wars many times over seven years, and we're almost uh, exactly seven years to the date that we did our first Star Wars podcast, which we called Why Star Wars Fans Hate Each Other. And at the time... And I'm leading with this because this is the first clip I'm going to play. At the time, the war in the Star Wars fandom had not really gotten going. But it was, it, was, it was breathing. It was breathing in the seedy underbelly of the Star Wars internet. But it had not bubbled to the surface of YouTube and Twitter and Reddit and everything that it's on now. It was, it was contained. It was contained to like Star Wars websites. And, and it wasn't nearly as, as fierce and harsh as it is now. Well, it was pretty harsh and fierce, but it, it wasn't as widespread. It wasn't, everybody wasn't in on it. Not everybody had an opinion. The Force Awakens was basking in glory. It was the second of two Star Wars Golden Ages. Yes, there's been two. First was 1977 to 83, the original movie, Empire. And then, and then some division started at Return of the Jedi. Uh, then we had the prequels, which was a golden age of Star Wars for a, t a tiny golden age leading up to the release of The Phantom Menace. But then, uh, you know, so many people hated the prequels. We like to forget that now, but it's, it's, it's absolutely true. So many people hated the prequels that, uh, you know, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith did not even win the year that they were released. And they were released mid-year. Like, their th entire theatrical run came in one year, and... Attack of the Clones was beaten by the t uh, Two Towers, I believe, Lord of the Rings. And uh, Revenge of the Sith, the big climatic, this is going to be the last movie ever, beaten by a Harry Potter movie. Uh, so the next actual Golden Age of Star Wars was 
the lead up to The Force Awakens and then every moment after The Force Awakens until The Last Jedi and then the shit all crumbled. But be- even before that, it had started. And Charlie and I were on to it, ladies and gentlemen. And we often refer to, remember back when we talked about this, you know, years before it even started? Well, because of that clip, you have to go to the website, poptalkandhands.com to find that episode and everything. I've decided I'm going to make it uh, readily available and I have edited down to the nuts and bolts of that conversation that I'm going to play for you. And then after that, it's just going to be fun stuff. Us riffing on Star Wars, us us making points that I personally think are are apt and insightful and fun. And it's it's going to be very positive. You know, we, 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 there's plenty of places that you can go basically every corner of the internet to hear someone screaming about how much they hate Star Wars. Uh, this is us just having fun with it. You know, it's, you don't even have to like new Star Wars, I don't think, to enjoy this. It's just, we're just having fun. But uh, definitely I want to play you the original uh, eerily prophetic clips of us talking about the Star Wars fandom and how it was going to splinter, which it most certainly did. And uh, so here is that. And then, uh, by the way, uh, I'll jump in every once in a while to give you context if needed. But if not, I'll do like the old Star Wars storybook records used to do, and I'll just play a Star Wars sound effect to indicate a transition from one clip to another clip. So, uh, happy New Year, happy Christmas, happy Hanukkah, uh, Boxing Day is 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 now behind us. We're we're cruising to the New Year, to 2023. Hopefully, it'll be very exciting and fun, and uh, there's going to be lots of Star Wars stuff to talk about. So there'll be more. Star Wars episodes to come, but until then, please enjoy the best of all of the ones that have preceded. Enjoy. There are kids that saw The Phantom Menace when they were seven, and now those kids are in their early 20s. Right. And those kids, it's so... I used to go to the force.net all the time when right. the prequels would come out, and I'd, right. I'd fucking argue with people. I remember. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Uh, I actually started thinking about this whole generational thing. And I went to the force.net recently. And it was interesting because my profile still existed. But it said... It <laughs> How said, many times did that account get temporarily banned, oh, plenty, by the way? Plenty. Yeah. Plenty of times. I had to create a, a different account to like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Many times. But it, 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 it lived in the end, but it's still there. But it said, last login, January 25th, 2006. Nice. Which was like exactly, almost to the day when I logged back on. That's, that's awesome. So I go to, I start looking around these forums and the, those kids that were seven when they saw The Phantom Menace or whatever, those kids have the loudest voice now. The Simon Peggs have met their match. I'm telling you, dude, I saw a comment thread that started with, uh, the title was Star Wars Episode Four. Meh. You're right. And it was this whole thing about these these 20 year olds talking about, you know, these millennials talking well, about. Well, okay. So, th- so think about like the original Star Wars, right? If you've already seen Star Wars where there's multiple Jedis, there's all kinds of sword fighting. There's all kinds of different bad guys. There's pod races. There's multiple space battles. Compare that to the first Star Wars, right? There's like a half-ass like lightsaber duel between two very old men, right, that are definitely not at the top of their game. 
maybe there's one space battle. Uh, there's a couple guys that snuck onto a, a giant hangar and are shooting a couple stormtroopers. A couple, too. Right? Like a yeah, few. yeah, right. So if you go back and watch it in context where that's not the original movie, it's kind of boring. It is. It is. And, and the thing that was that's funny about the, how this thread started was it was about the lightsaber duels. Right. The prequel guys were like, fuck the lightsaber duels in the original trilogy, man. Like they're, it's like an old man versus a guy who can't walk. And then it's like a guy who can't walk that same guy who can't walk versus a Jedi who has like had five minutes of training. And then, you know, and then they, they rematch when they're a little bit better. And the, the emperor's talking over the whole thing versus their prequel fights. You know, when I, when I rewatch it, cause I've been obviously rewatching them a lot lately. When Obi-Wan Kenobi is fighting Darth Vader, he does like some kind of, you know, spin move, yes, right? Right. And it takes him like five <laughs> seconds to get like full 360 rotation, right? So like for the lightsaber duels that you're used to from watching the prequels, if that's kind of where you set the standard, it's like that guy would have been dead in 10 seconds. <laughs> yes. and it, either, it, either one of them. Right. Well, and somebody would have already had flipped over them and, you know cut them in half like Darth Maul style yeah. already, you know? Right. And, but here's the thing though. That's how the, that's how the argument started. That's is a new hope. Meh. It was the thread. And then it got into this lightsaber fight and there's apparently from what I could tell, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time in that fucking scummy hive of villainy of that goddamn uh, community forum on the force.net. Right. But it got to a point <laughs> where it got so, uh, like people, you know, personally attacking people, you know, you know how <laughs> yeah. those comment threads degrade into that. Right. It got to a point right. where a guy said, why don't you take your original trilogy and shove it up your ass? <laughs> 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 the original, the original trilogy and shove it up your ass. Uh, you know, like if I was that age coming into Star Wars, I think I would absolutely feel that same way. It, it's the same with music, right? Like you get these people... To a certain age and all oh, back in my day, right. music was this and it was that and it was much better and film was better and everything was better. Um, you don't know, right? You never, you never saw it the original time yep. in the movie theater. Yep. And it's, it's just kind of that old people way of thinking that it's just better because it's older. That's right. Revisionist history, right? Right. Like the Ewoks or how annoying C-3PO used to be to people. And now like, since he's just been around in right. every single movie, he's not annoying, not the same way that Jar Jar was annoying. Exactly. And the Ewoks, that's a good point because the Ewoks fucking pissed people off at the time. Right. But now it's like, oh, they're cutely fine. I mean, yes, right. they're annoying, but they're cutely annoying. They're not like Jar Jar. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So just a little bit of being a seven-year-old, some revisionist history. And this is my era and it defines me as a human being. So they defend it the same way they would defend any of their own personal thoughts and philosophies, right. being a Republican or being whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's the same argument. Just it, it's all internalized. So no one's looking at it objectively. They're just looking at it through how it made them feel and 
using it as a, a form of self-identification. It's tr- that is really and, true. And they that are so not true, yes. talking about movies. Like that's a right. thin layer at the top. They're just talking yes. about themselves and their own like, you know, fears and like successes <laughs> in life and who right. they are as people. So when you say fuck the original trilogy, people lose their fucking minds. Yes. Because, because it's like you're insulting It's a direct them. insult to them as a human being. It penetrates that thin layer that is the <laughs> movie. Right. It goes right into their fucking right. heart. Wow. Right. Wow. True. Not recognizing that. Eh, it's basically the same story. And people using the force and flying spaceships. Yeah. And an orphan in a dare to be great moment <laughs> against all odds, <laughs> achieving being one of the greatest, most people, uh, powerful people in the galaxy. Right. It's the same fucking <laughs> story. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And uh, just to say one other thing about the lightsaber fights, for the love of God, we were promised, we always dreamt about seeing the Jedi in their heyday. And that's what we got to see in the Phantom Menace. Of course, they're going to be flipping around and shit. They're all like working out in their temple all the time. They got Yoda telling Mace Windu saying like, you know, here's, you know, here's some tricks for you like every day. Right. Of course, they're going to be doing that shit. But the other thing is, I think... Another reason why people are age. Let, let me cut in for a second. Please. That's something I liked about the new movie. I liked that the lightsaber duels, or the duel really, was not as good. They they clearly weren't as good at using them. Even Kylo Ren, right, who is the only guy in the universe that seems to have a working version of a lightsaber, because <laughs> it doesn't version. even look like one. It's all been used in either theory or practice and not in life or death situations. Right. Or just one dude wielding a lightsaber, picking on people that can't defend themselves. <laughs> right. So yeah. he's clearly pretty practiced in the force where we see him, you know, hold that, that laser beam in the air. And there's not a lot of people using the force because everyone who had force ability at one point basically wiped off the, the face of the galaxy. So, Force is like bursting at the seams to be used and harnessed, and it's right. in abundance. But like nobody's using lightsabers, so they're kind of having to rediscover the art all over again. And now from 2018, a discussion of Luke Skywalker and the discovery of his own force powers, and just how quick that was. Charlie, this kid wakes up one morning mm-hmm. early <laughs> to get his droid. Yep. That ran away. Mm-hmm. Because if he doesn't, his uncle is going to slap the fuck out of him. <laughs> he leaves to get his droid. That night, he destroys a planet-killing super weapon with his brain. <laughs> that <laughs> night. Is that all one day? Yes, I have done the math on this. Is Star Wars all one day? It's a couple of days. It's like the night before, and then they, and then... Uh, no, no, no. Once he meets Obi-Wan Kenobi, like after getting rescued uh, from the Sand People, is it all at that point one day? They, there's never any indication that time has passed. They go from Obi-Wan to the Cantina to uh, Alderaan. With formerly Alderaan, they're on the Death Star for a couple hours, they're released, they go to Yavin, the fucking Death Star attacks, and they blow it up. It's all in one day. <laughs> that is the ultimate answer back to that. That That's good for you, Bill. Thank you. I thought of another one. You want to hear it? Yeah, sure. Is that one from you, or did you hear it? Did you pick that up somewhere? Is that yours? No, that I really have honestly come up with that. That's a good myself. one. That was one of the things that, like, 
because I was thinking as people were making this argument, I'm sure someone else has come up with it, but I mean, I've no, that's that's solid, bro. Solid. Another one, and this is this I another one that I came up with. People picking apart plot holes in the Last Jedi, like uh, this is one of them that they always say. Why didn't the First Order simply fly, <laughs> like go into light speed, a couple of miles ahead of the Resistance, turn around and shoot it there? Right. Wait. Wait. What now? So you know how the the the, the First Order is always following that Resistance <laughs> transport that's running out of fuel, but they're always oh, yeah. like they're always <laughs> yeah. kind of out of range, right? Yeah. So people are like, well, why don't they just fucking go to light speed? flip a bitch yeah and then just shoot him from the front sure my answer to that is in the empire strikes back why do they disable the hyperdrive on the millennium falcon instead of disabling the fucking millennium falcon did your men disable the hyperdrive on the millennium falcon yes but the millennium falcon took off because they well, wanted that's to okay f- because no the- no no because they wanted to follow him to see where they were going to go they just didn't want him to be able to get too far away. No, 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 that's clear. Because you're taking an awful risk. Right? Letting him go. So that they could follow him and find find out where they're going to, right? Fuck. You're right. You just shot that down. The Empire Strikes Back is airtight. God damn it. Well, good for the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, especially good, good fuck for, with the Empire Strikes Good for back. you, though, Charlie. No, no plot holes there. <laughs> what the hell was that sound effect? What, is that even from Star Wars? Uh, sorry, it's a, we're a little low budget on the sound effect transitions here for uh, for this episode. I don't usually do that on this podcast. Uh, anyway, this is from 2018 and a discussion of the movie Solo. Yes, there's a Star Wars movie called Solo. You may have missed it. Came and went. But uh, actually worth checking out. It's not bad. Anyway, here's us talking about it for a bit. And the Lando portion. If you're gonna, I mean, if you're gonna read about how Star Wars is dead and you haven't seen Solo, I don't get your it, priorities. Donald Glover playing Lando is Lando Ball, dude. Lando, not Lando. <laughs> Lando is uh, I had an uncle Lando, Filipino side of the family. Uh, is worth the price of admission. It is the best yes. thing ever. It could just have been that, and just cut all the other scenes and watch those scenes and. I would have left, you know, after about 30 minutes of screen time and been done and just happy. Him reading his, doing like his journal. What does he call it? The Lando Chronicles? <laughs> the Lando Chronicles. Also, he fucked the droid. The droid fucked him or sucked him off. Oh, or... gee, bro, bro, bro. Come on. All right. It is thinly, thinly, thinly insinuated. And that's just. Got, got a lot of people upset, though. Did it? Yeah. Because here's what happened, Why though. People get upset. She just insinuated that she liked him, and she said if it was, you know, it, it's possible it could work. It was a throwaway joke. Well, does not mean Londo was banging his robot. Um. Well, here's the thing, though. Robot, the, however, that poor man, <laughs> that poor guy. He's a fucking literally a sex toy <laughs> for Lando. No, but here's what happened, Charlie. Uh, this this pissed a lot of people off, and I can I can actually understand this one. But so the movie was written by Lawrence Kasdan and his son. Kasdan Jr., John Kasdan or something. Mm-hmm. And they asked him about that line. And they said, so are you insinuating that Lando was gay? And he said, oh, well, maybe, you know, Lando's a pansexual. Wait, why would he be gay for or, or banging or, a female robot? Not pan Pansexual, that he will fuck anything. And then... I, I mean, I think you knew that the second he walked onto the screen <laughs> in the post <post-trike's> back. <laughs> With a cape and mustache and shit. There, there was no ever any doubt. See... 
I love the fact that you can react to it like that because that's how I reacted to it. I was like, yeah, Lando probably stick his dick in anything. Lando Fox, bro. I love that you keep calling him that. Lando Fox. <laughs> There's no way that this could be the podcast. We have to start the whole thing over. This is filthy. <laughs> really? I don't know. Let's just keep going and see how it plays. Uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> listen. People, people get so nuts with like the soap opera element of Star Wars that they get... Like, why would you... I guarantee you that there is nothing in Rogue One that connects to Snoke or Rey or any of the Force Awakens stuff. I will bet my life on people that. People just love to do that. Yeah. And now it makes good clickbait. So actually, people make money when someone comes up with a stupid theory like that. Right. Is Jin Rey's Which mother... Which is like... weird that no one's hired you to do that. <laughs> you could come up with some great like tie-in... Like the oh the the aspect of Star Wars you never thought about before connecting all of the different right. like, you know who is Mace Windy would be my first clickbait article right who is Mace Windy I wrote a book quote unquote <laughs> right. that had a chapter when I, before there was the ability to have a podcast <laughs> I wrote this little book that I printed out Pamphlet. and gave to people after Phantom Menace came out called The Phantom Unmasked and one of the chapters was who is Mace Windy you want me to remind you who's who Mace Windy was Charlie. Because it ties directly into the Rogue One. I, he was I one of the. It. I did read the pamphlet, Bill. I'm sorry, I didn't retain any of the knowledge. That's okay. Um, maybe I'll do a podcast where I just read it. Can I do a timeout real quick? Yeah. So you did other non related pamphlets? Yes. <laughs> and I remember being in a Kaiser with you, putting them in with the real medical pamphlets. <laughs> yeah. what, was, I, what was the name of that pamphlet you wrote? <laughs> It was about botulism. What was the name of it? I don't remember. It was called Botulism, was... Eat Shit and Die. No. That was the name? Malaria, I think. Yellow jaundice was Eat Shit and Die. Are you sure? Okay. Maybe botulism was Eat Look, Shit and Die, actually, because yellow jaundice is unrelated. them in with other medical pamphlets in the waiting room. That you know, did happen. I did. I, write, I wrote a book pamphlet about botulism. And I, we put it in with the real medical stuff at Kaiser. And as a matter of fact, that's what happened <laughs> to one it. Of the fucking crazy. <laughs> Thinking back on just like guerrilla warfare comedy. <laughs> like to do that. So one person would be like, what the fuck is this? And just put it down and not get any aspect of it. But the fact that we know that that happened. <laughs> I can, I, I want to tell you. How I re- long did it take for a medical staff or someone there to be like, what the hell is this? And then throw it away. <laughs> if they read any of it because can i tell you two things i remember from botulism the book first of all it was well researched it was a it was a comedic education about what botulism can do to you and it was one of the lines was botulism does not here this ties into one of the lines was botulism does not discriminate against race, color, or greedo yeah, right. and another line was and it's just, it said medications uh, you may not people pay, uh, patients with botulism may not be responsive to oral medications, so they're medi- so they must take medications that are shoved up the ass. <laughs> That's how it was worded, but it's true. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was a piece of work. Gorilla, gorilla warfare comedy. Right gorilla there. warfare comedy. I also just get. We'll get back to the Star Wars in a second. I promise. Uh, I used to make a website, a fake website about the Warriors called The Garbage Can, uh-huh. where it had all the warriors in all these yeah. bizarre situations and <laughs> ridiculous jokes. And the 
at the actual Oracle, what used to be the Oakland Arena, there was a web cafe where you could go in and use the internet. And no, the, homepage, <laughs> the homepage of every computer was automatically warriors.com. And you changed it. And I changed it to my website, which looked a fucking lot, of, <laughs> a lot like. It was like an onion version. <laughs> it was like an onion of version. one sports team. <laughs> and so but we, in guerrilla comedy, we left it, <laughs> hoping that the guys that reset the things would look at it and be all, no, no, that one's on warriors.com. And then the person <laughs> would go up there. What? <laughs> and someone would go there and see that, you know, your favorite warriors were, uh, <laughs> Doing things that you would not want your favorite or shooting guns <laughs> off in the locker room and stuff. All right, oh time back God. in. Let's okay, time back. So I have another standalone film idea, and it's actually Rogue One 2. <laughs> kind of, because it doesn't have the same characters. But in Return of the Jedi, we learn that the Bothans died to bring them the Death Star plans for the new Death Star, right? Many Bothans died to bring us this information. So my standalone movie pitch is called Many Bothans. And it's about the Bothans who get the second Death Star plans and how they all die. But this one is going to be rated R. Because it never in the history of film, Charlie, this will break a film movie history... One million on-screen deaths. <laughs> and I don't mean like seeing a planet blow up, because, yeah, we've seen billions of people get blown up in one <laughs> shot. This will actually, it will be, the, the, the Imperials will be bombing the planet that the Bothans live on. And so there will be all these TIE bombers and TIE fighters, and, and you will see a shot pulled way back from a Star Destroyer's perspective watching this battle happen where all the Bothans, there's a, one million Bothans are gathered in this one area. <laughs> and you literally, it will be 500 deaths per frame <laughs> added up over the course of, I forget, I did the math. It's like a, a few minutes, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> of having the camera, it's zoomed out and you can see, you can do it with CGI. You have a million, and just by the thousands per frame, they're just being blown up as the ship moves <laughs> over. So you see more and more and more. It's not gross or gratuitous. It's 20 minutes a, of just distance. Them getting blown up. It's like three minutes if you can do it that fast. <laughs> if you can do the CGI enough to where you can get that many in frame, one million Bothans die. And then that, talk about making a better movie. Every time you see The Return of the Jedi and she says that, you'll get like, oh my God. You know, I saw was, all their faces. It was brutal. <laughs> it was poor fucking Bothans. Oh, man. When she says many Bothans die, dude, believe me, she's doing you a favor. Because <laughs> if you saw it, it's, it's a million. And now to 2019 and talking about Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. What happened to episode eight, Bill? Well, eh, you know, listen to that whole episode. And to be honest, not a lot of laughs. Not a lot funny about that movie. Kind of depressing, really. Split the fan base. Destroyed the franchise for a while. Still picking up the fucking pieces. So let's just move on to the fun that was the Rise of Skywalker review. Well, you know, the point is this. Yeah, it was a dead crowd. But I saw it, uh, I think, the next night or the night after that uh, in a bigger theater. And there were a bunch of kids there, younger people. One girl, there's this one girl off to my left. I don't know, 16 maybe? Teenager. 
who was just like fist pumping and like wiping her eyes during, you know, like scenes that were emotional. Like I, it was almost like it was a shtick. Yeah. But it was she really was feeling that way. It was it was excellent to watch. I watched her like I kept glancing over at her to see, oh, what does she think of this part? What does she think of this you part? You want that in the first week. Yeah. Well, and this was like the second night. Especially Thursday. opening night. But first week you want that. If, if it's week three and people are doing that, it's a little annoying. But I I was sad that the final opening night of a Star Wars film, I didn't get that. Yeah. And well, I, you know what it is? I think part of it is because those stupid freaking recliner seats mm-hmm. that you can uh, get ahead of time. So like any casual fan can kind of show up. Usually if it's like the opening night before it's 11 o'clock, you're going to be there until like two 30 in the morning, basically like that really brings out the real fans that are willing to sit through that, not yep. be guaranteed a good seat. So it's more of an event. And I think like being able to, um, get your pre-selected seats ahead of time. You don't have to wait in line for two hours before it kind of takes down the whole event nature of, of doing it. It totally does. That's a really good point too. And people just kind of show like you could show up five minutes before the yep. film starts or when the trailers are on, go get popcorn, go in and have a beer. Yeah. Sit down. All right. Is this started yet? <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? It, it is. It is like that. And like, when I go see these movies myself, which I do, you know, if there's a night that like that my my son isn't home or whatever, yeah, I'll, I'll show up. It'll be like I'll go to like a ten o'clock show, and I'll show up at ten fifteen, and just climb into my recliner, sure. like see yeah. the last two previews. Yeah, just like and it's like people were doing that couch. opening night. That sucks. Yeah. Another thing is like I remember when we would see movies in the Bay Area, we would know which movie theater you wanted to go to. Yes. Like oh, we got to go to the Centuries because that's where like. The, the real fans go and like this will be the raucous crowd versus like going to the strip mall one where it's going to suck. I don't think we have that wired up here. Since no, we moved. Well, uh, I don't know if there is one of those. We went to because we went to uh, the, a theater that is smaller and is really, really nice. But it also I don't think gets those kind of crowds because the night the next night that I went, I went to a different theater and it was much bigger and reclining seats and stuff still no it was not reclining seats it was not it was the one there's that there's that weird theater sorry if you don't obviously if you don't <laughs> no, live here you know, there's about. like people that live all over the place listening but uh, there's a theater in the neighborhood that is uh it's bigger and it's like the last one that doesn't have reclining seats but it's it's bigger they're still reserved but it's, it's just a bigger theater and it's a, you know, people I think are, you know, you got to sit up in your seat. You got right. to be sitting up at to watch the movie. movie. Hey, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys doing? Yeah. Yeah. It's not, at 11 o'clock on a Thursday, even though it was opening night, I felt like, I just felt like we were watching it with cash. Well, I mean, that's what they're going for now for all the convenience to get out of it. Like having to take a kid to a movie. I'm like, oh, I fucking wait in line and then have to get the seat and then have someone stay there put your like shirts on it so then now you can go back and get popcorn like for like there's there's so many great things about being able to pre-select your movie uh, your seats for the movie but like you really do miss like the the trade-off of like the event movie yeah where you're there the night before it's something exciting you've been waiting in line with these animals for like the last hour and a half <laughs> You know, talking about stuff and yeah. hearing people's side conversations and stuff. You go in kind of feeling like you're all in it together versus just, you know, stepping over people to get to your fucking Barca lounger. Right. Uh, here's a great story for you, audience, and you, Charlie, because you were there. When we went to see The Phantom Menace, we had to obviously wait 
uh, it was like the tickets went on sale like two nights, two weeks before. No Fandango. We had to we had to camp out mm. all night, yeah. and uh, there were a couple of guys dressed as Qui Gon and Obi Wan, and uh, they would pass around a lightsaber. You remember yeah. that? They, they had, there was there, there was this big uh, thing about how you know how are we going to go about this? We're all camped out. There's no formal line. Who's really first? You know. So they called the Jedi Council at midnight. Yeah. And then they passed around a lightsaber and what you could only speak when holding the lightsaber. And then and then one of them printed out like these tickets, their own tickets that were like places in line. You remember that? And had a picture of Qui-Gon God, Jinn yeah. on it. And they were giving them to people saying like, take this. This is, you know, represents your place in line. We're like, who the fuck are you to tell me what my place in line is? We're just trying to keep it organized. Like, you know, like they were these Jedi guys, like they were it trying worked, to be though. all good. And that, the, that was the century 20s in the Bay Area, right? That's like one of, was one of the great places to see movies. One of the great places to see movies in... The domes. The domes were one of the great places to see the movies in this country. Yeah. Literally. They kept one of them. They tore them down. They kept one of them as a historical landmark. They were that... Well, also know, one still there? One, century 21 is still there uh, in San Jose. Oh, God bless it. Yeah. That was the biggest one. I, no, people came from all over. Like in, in the 70s... When Star Wars came out, people would come to that theater from all over to see that movie because it was just it was the kick ass theater of the time. And it stayed the kick ass theater until some business bought it because sure. it's the Bay Area and Facebook owns everything. I, I wonder if that's some of the. I don't know, like fans after each other, there's less sense of community about Star Wars because like you're not waiting in line with strangers, you're not forced to interact with them in real life versus just doing it over a computer like when you're forced to to be there and they're talking about stuff and you're actually listening in person you're not gonna be like no you're fucking stupid you're you're a social justice warrior fuck off like you actually have to listen to people and be polite when you're in person so maybe you can be swayed by arguments and and that will happen like in the first week or two weeks like how many times have we seen the movies and you're still having to wait in line the second and third time. Right. So then they're like, you get like some side conversation from someone talking about something and all of a sudden you're actually talking to people versus just in your car, sitting in the seat, look up, the movie started. When you uh, just said that, my uh, face, if we had been uh, videotaping this, went very big. My eyebrows went up, my eyes got wide because I've never thought of that. It does, uh, on, on the last show I was talking about how Sometimes I think those anecdotal personal interactions where you say like, oh, I talked to this guy, I really liked it. That is is an example of that, but on so, so much of a larger scale. You're right. You're in line with all these people. You're camping out with them, holding lightsabers, having midnight light Jedi seance. And so you have to be part of the, yeah, you become a, a community of Star Wars fans. You're right. And now you just, yeah, you go sit on your, your fucking recliner you and then your, you have your beer and then you leave. And then go online and blast people. And then you go online, you get immediately get home and you go on fucking Reddit and <laughs> yeah. Twitter and you and you tell people that you're going to you hope their house burns down because they like Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> right. Yeah, this might be like, again, the fanboy in me wanting to backtrack and explain everything that happens bad and, you know, suspend disbelief forever. But but it is Star is Wars. A, so there but it's Star Wars. Something. So there is a theme of the force guiding things to happen. And putting people in certain situations and giving people certain powers at certain times, it is a willful living force. They say that all the time. So it is moving the action. So the first example I had given to you when we were talking about this is, what are the fucking chances 
that two droids that are in the middle of a of a fight in outer space in a galaxy of billions and billions of stars and planets right. happen to jettison out last second, land on a planet where the chosen one just happens to be waiting for them and are just completely hand, hand delivered to him. Right. And then the next night he's blowing up, literally the next day he's blowing up the Death Star. So like you want to talk about convenient. Well, and they also conveniently didn't get shot down just because the guy didn't feel like it. <laughs> when, the, when the uh when they're escaping nah, let him go yeah oh, there's no life form there's before. no life forms well, shoot it down anyway save the blaster the save, save the laser bolt the, yeah the, the family that we have guy. infinite infinite number of the family guy even makes fun of that what are we charging by the laser but again billions of stars and planets so you, you go to the ocean you you throw a rock and you hit you know one grain of sand and that sand happens to have luke skywalker living on it just waiting for those droids to arrive so that he can like there's always this sense of fate and destiny and things being conveniently lined up. But again, it's the will of the force. So you can kind of explain away some of this a little bit. You have to give a little bit of room that we are in outer space. There is a living force. People have magical powers. So shit is just going to happen sometimes. It doesn't really have to be 100% set up and doesn't have to have any precedence of. Well, Qui-Gon Jinn... You know, when, by the way, you know, throwing a stone and hitting a, a pebble uh, to hitting a, a grain of sand, they hit that grain of sand twice right. because, you know, they found, they found Anakin on that same planet and they just so happened to, you know, we got, we can't go somewhere in the Republic. Oh, let's go. Uh, Tatooine, Master, it's small, far, it's out of the way. That so sounds they go, good. They go sure. there. And then, but then Qui-Gon Jinn says later, <laughs> finding him was the will of the force. That's right. So you are right. They were guided to Tatooine. It wasn't that knife just... was waiting for the fucking Jedi to find it yes, there, sitting exactly. there. It was the will of the force for them to find the, yeah. the, the knife. I want yeah, the knife. Please. 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 <laughs> so there's going to be moments like that. I, I don't know if that they just don't do it as well, so it doesn't feel like that. So they just don't, you know, everything's a magic trick and the sleight of hand they're they're showing it too much versus doing it a little bit smoother like when lucas did it but or maybe that these movies are just being so overly scrutinized i think that has a lot to do with if you put the same lens on like the original three movies like you would probably be able to say the same thing about a lot of things so a lot of it was said at the time you know lazy storytelling you oh, the second death star they can't think of they're already bankrupt of ideas that was said constantly yeah you know Oh, they can't, you know, they go to, they have these, these cute little bears for the kids that can help everyone win the battle. You know, there, there was, I mean, it's, it's been that way forever. It's one of the things that actually makes Star Wars amazing to me is that it has taken a fucking beating over 42 years. Right. A beating right. over and over again. You know what it's like? It's like the James Earl Jones in in field of dreams you know he's like america has been erased like a blackboard <laughs> built up and erased again that's, like that's star wars and it just keeps living i don't know how it does that i think people love star wars for so many different reasons that like rise of skywalker can resonate with us maybe not with this fan but this other thing resonates with them for this reason because people love it for so many if it, if it was if everybody just loved lightsaber fights and that was it like there'd be, there wouldn't be no Star Wars anymore. Right. Right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, there's so many, 
some people love the the lore, some people love the war, you know, there's that whole thing and the, the soap, soap opera stuff. The soap opera stuff. Um just, you know, the 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 escapism mm-hmm. of it. So yeah, I mean, it's, God, it's, just, it's you can look at any of the movies through the lens of is this lazy storytelling? Like, why is Luke Leia's sister all of a sudden? We're on the same page. I mean, again, overall, I I still think it's a great movie. You want to keep going down the all right. The so they get, they get to the desert. They they find the knife. They uh, they can't translate. I actually loved this bit. Is that C three PO cannot? He can read it. He can translate it, but he can't speak it back. I love that. I do too, but th- here's one of my big problems with this movie. Okay. It's not even a big problem. It's, a, right. it's a nice to have problem. Okay. He gives this whole, you know, farewell speech to yeah. give, you know, Anthony's last ride. He really kicks ass though. C-3PO is his, at his best. But like it, it should be this whole sad event where he shouldn't be able to come back. Like they set it up and then like. 20 minutes later, R2 just plugs back his memory in and then he's just back. I, I had no problem with that. Yeah, that was just like something like, ooh, let's let's do this thing. This will choke people up and let's let's get some. Nah, I, didn't, I didn't love that. Honestly, I can understand why you wouldn't. But honestly, for me, I, it never even occurred to me that he wouldn't get returned. Because Finn well, says, then why do this speech looking at my friends for one last time? That's for us. But he's not. He's not. He comes back. He's not looking at him for the last time. That's bullshit. He just has like a gap of like <laughs> two days worth of missing memory. Fuck. Who cares? I, I just don't have a problem. R two D two was the. I mean, C three P O was the original Jar Jar Binks, by the way. I know, but you know what? In this movie, he's great. I thought he was in, like at his best in this movie. I thought he was actually funny. No, he he's like good. not like put his head on another droid attack of the clones type humor. He was like but, actually funny. You know what, Bill? Even as he was giving that speech. I knew that he it wasn't going to be the end of it, so it kind of pissed me off. Like, ah, oh, they're just milking tears here or emotion. Honestly, you're just going to restore him with the memory thing. They even said it. No, in they the said ship. it. Right. That's why. That's why I didn't. So I'm like, well, why do you fucking do this speech? Don't give I... a speech like that in a movie, okay? <laughs> okay. And Fair then enough. not deliver on it. That's fucking bullshit. Okay, Jesus. That pisses me off, Bill. Right. Don't try to play with my emotions like that for no reason. The granddaughter of Palpatine and the granddaughter of Skywalker are one in the Force. Plus, they had that their mind bond thing in the Force. They hundred percent confirm that at that point, then that Anakin was born from some Force maneuver that Palpatine was able to do, where he's able to through the Force impregnate Anakin's mom. Yeah, and through the Force, and able to impregnate someone to have Ray. They're kind of related. Ray's parents. They they kiss. They're kind of related. Parent. It's another incestuous. They're not. No, because that's just like. Because it's all through the force. It's all through the force. They well, are, I don't know they if were, all of it's through the force. But maybe the other one, when he was a senator, he had a wife. They didn't say that he didn't have a wife. He could have gone down to the Coruscant clubs. Right. right. There's no stopping him. Well, he could have just had a wife. She just wasn't in the movie. I think he had too many things to do to have a wife. I mean, he was also evil, so he probably had like a harem. Yeah, he probably had a harem. Or something. Whatever. You know, what? one way or another, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's conceiving a I child. I mean, hopefully it was, that started before he got all Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Gross. Is it, who, uh, whomever is, had to the, do was, that? was the horrible. grandmother was, was, did not have to deal with the post-lightning-faced Palpatine. Yeah. That would have been awful. What would have... Yeah, oh my God. God, that would have been awful. Plus, his eyes were all red at that point. He talks all fucked up. 
<laughs> <It's> forehead. <laughs> anyway, so they are a dyad in the force. They are they are two that are one. They are a, a very unique power mm-hmm. because of that. Together, they are a unique power. That's when he was still bad. He turns good. She goes to face Palpatine alone, and and all of us, you know, they're fighting out there with the with the Sith troopers and stuff. Not enough of them, but they had said earlier when they were planning, they said Chewie and Lando are going to go to the core systems and signal everybody they can, you know, who has a ship. It's like yep. just you, you know, you got a fucking jalopy, Dunkirk. Get out here! Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great fucking comparison. Yeah. Great yep. comparison. So people are showing up with schooners and yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fucking wedge, wedge <laughs> right. is there, and he's just like sitting in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. He's like, I don't. I sold my ship. <laughs> I, just, I didn't think this was gonna happen again. Right. Um, so, and she goes to face Palpatine, and he's like, you know, again with the strike me down, strike me down, because if you strike me down, you will become Empress Palpatine, and my life force will transfer into you. Did and you I think will the live guy forever. just at one point was just walking down the street and just telling everyone at some point to strike him down? Has he told everyone in the universe, <laughs> there, strike me down? Dude, there is, uh, I don't know what show it was. It wasn't Saturday Night Live. There was some sketch show where this guy's roommate was the emperor. <laughs> oh, no. And all God, he did never, was say, strike me down. I, I, I don't know what it is. I tried hilarious. to find it on YouTube since then. Or he's you like, didn't imagine that? No, it's hilarious. it really happened. He's like, walk, he's like sitting in the couch and like the guy's like, what are you doing? And he gets up and he's like, strike me down. <laughs> and like he's in the kitchen and he's like, hey, can I, uh, can I, uh, I, I need to get in the refrigerator. You can get in the refrigerator if you <laughs> strike me down. <laughs> I never saw that. So I don't know why that, that. <sighs> Apparently neither did Chris Terrio because he might have not wanted him to say that so much he wants everyone to strike him down he wants to be struck down but in this case he wants to be struck down because well we've talked about this before when he when he's telling luke to strike him down all the time in return of the jedi it's because embrace the dark side do something you're not supposed to do and he knows he's not like when he gets anakin to cut uh what's his name's head off yeah exactly strike him down though he's not strike him down strike me down yeah strike somebody down (laughs) 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 <laughs> what if the sith elite what if the sith eternal started chanting strike, strike him down, down. <laughs> sweep the leg sweep the leg i'm gonna get a shirt that says strike me down you should i don't know why i don't already have one well you don't have darth vader waiting to protect you as soon as someone <laughs> tries to strike you down or that the, you're gonna force inherit their ghost, life force <laughs> yeah transfer she, uh, he's trying to get her to, you know, to, to hate, to embrace her, her dark side, as he always is. And um, Kylo Ren shows up, but now he's Ben Solo. And he stole a TIE fighter from, or he found a TIE fighter on the dead Death Star. They show a TIE fighter. Some people have complained, like, how did he get there? He got a TIE fighter. And he's got the fucking, like, an unlimited amount of force right, power. Exactly. This guy can do Find shit. Find fucking half a TIE fighter and put it back together. It's not... He's, he's he comes great. on an old TIE fighter. Ray comes on the, the old X-Wing. Yeah, it's Come on. I know. That's what doesn't I'm saying. like that. Well, and also, yeah, it's explained. But when he comes in, Adam Driver does something that I noticed. I think I've seen it four times. I've seen it four times now. Adam Driver does a couple of things that are so fucking Harrison Ford. Did you notice that? Like, he hits... First of all, like you, it, it, he's just different, right? Now that he's good, like he falls and he, he hits is the rock different. And he's all, and I, Ow. I know, I love, no. But then he gets when he's he such gets a down, good actor, and he yeah. has a gun. He's running with his gun pointed up, like Harrison Ford. 
And then when he finally That's gets nice. the lightsaber after he's That's been getting nice. his ass kicked, he does this little move like this. Uh, All right. Do, do you, uh, know, you know what I'm no, talking about? No, now that you say it, yes. He's like, okay. I've only seen it twice. It's such a I fucking Han Solo thing to do. And oh, he's noticeably different. It's yeah. awesome. It's, he's a he's so fucking good, good actor. Yeah, yeah. I love that guy. He he's so noticeably different so quickly in it, but I was sold on liking him. Mm-hmm. Even though, like after the first movie, I was like, "Fuck him." No, I wanted Harrison to like Ford. him. I know, but you want to like him the whole time. In the second after Last Jedi, I, I wanted to like him more. You know, after the Revenge of the Sith or not Revenge of the Sith, uh, Force Awakens, I did not want to like him. I hated him. Last Jedi kind of swayed to wanting to like him because you know humanized. But once he was this Ben, like as Ben Solo, like he was a different person. Yeah. So she, like, I guess throws her lightsaber to him because she has two sabers. Luke tells her to bring both sabers to Exegol yes. because he knows this is going to happen. No, they do the force transfer, don't they? She just take. she's going to, she says, strike me down, strike me down, strike me down, strike me down. And then he's holding and, her there. And she lets go and, and then she goes through the force. He does the force grab, like when he takes her beads off her neck. Oh, that's what he's doing. I, I thought she knew he was there and she was just letting it go. No, it's, it's teleportation. But why? Like was she... when he grabs the beads off her. So the emperor can't see what she's doing. Is he grabbing it out of the force? Like when he grabs the beads yeah. off her neck so that they know where they were in the, the previous scene right. at the burning man. Um, it was one of those. Put it behind her head so the emperor can't see what she's doing, and then. He but takes she knows. It. She knows what he's going to do. She wasn't going to strike the emperor down. No, she's giving it to him. Right. She's hiding it so he can take it. Right. So the emperor can't see what they're up to. Okay, but I thought he was just. I thought she was just throwing it like. She across. doesn't. Throw, nothing Not gets throwing. thrown. No, but I thought he was just pulling it from a far distance. I didn't realize it he is was just instantly it in his hand. Yeah. Okay. You're right. You're right. Right. I'm not smart. <laughs> I see a movie four times that there's things I don't pick up on. But the, you, you retain 90% more information than I do from watching these movies. Yeah, but you see something and you know what happened. And I'm just like, oh, she threw him the And there's no the throwing. No. He, I'm not they use throwing, their little trick. That that's their him. little thing that they can do together yes. because they're the dyad. I think that's when he realizes they have the dyad in them, right? The emperor? Yeah, well, when he shows up, because then he has the blue lightsaber. And I love that shot of them both walking with the blue lightsabers. Yeah. You know? And that's when they, and then he says, like, you're coming together, will be your undoing, you know, you're a, you're a dyad in the force, you know, the, the two will res resuscitate the one. And so, you know, and he starts That wasn't clear her. to me either. That, so did he actually want to be struck down, which we know he does, because he always wants to be struck down, but was his actual plan <laughs> to get... To get the dyad in front of him working together so he could steal the life force out of both of them? Or did that just occur to him and he was just riffing like, oh, shit. No, there's an opportunity. Let's do that. Yes. It was an audible. It was an audible for sure. Yeah. I, I had to be because well, he, he, had it, he had it straight planned. He had it straight planned that she was going to strike him down. There's, and he was going to inherit her life force. The, 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 no, he was going to jump into Ray's body. He was going to jump into Ray's fuck, body. By the yes, way. he was going to jump into Ray, well spirit. Not him. like it wasn't going to be like Maximilian, where like just literally someone shoved inside of someone else. <laughs> but uh, no, I, that was his original plan. Strike me down, and my spirit will inherit you, and you'll be Empress Palpatine, and we will be the true emperor. And then he's like, "Oh my God, fucking dyad." Oh shit! Hold on, time out. I'm gonna have New to watch plan. again because when I watched the second time, I went in specifically to get insight on that, and I was still unclear. Because I think he had kind of given up on Kylo Ren at that point. 
You know, he he had given up on Kylo Ren. Because when Kylo said, Ren comes back, I'm sure he can sense that he's no longer dark side. Well, he, he already knew it because he said the Princess of Alderaan has altered my plan. Mm. Remember? That's right. So There's he, so many like quick little lines. He know that, yeah. that Ben Solo had turned good. So he had given up on that. Okay. So to him, it's just, Ray, you strike me down. I will be, we will become one in the force. And then here comes Ben Solo. Oh, he, you fucking showed up, moron. You, you do Guess get the, the sense that Dyad. he was always using, always using uh, Kylo Ren as a tool to get hurt. They were always yeah. kind of yeah. down on him. Yeah. You're conflicted still. You're weak. Like, yeah, even Snoke. He was even, even had Snoke saying that to him. Yeah. It was always, he's just a means to an end. So you Kylo think Ren. he realizes the dyad has not been seen in a generation yeah. or whatever? He's just realizing that. I think he is just realizing that. I, I, I thought about couldn't that. Couldn't tell if I was that was it or and, that was his plan all along. I mean, and then his fingers start growing back. Yeah. Well, and also, uh, apparently, when you take someone's life force, you get a nice red vest. Is that what happened? Yeah, he's got a nice red vest on after that. Yeah, like, there's something there happening, huh? Yeah, no, red vest is happening. <laughs> Tiger striped. That's nice. Yeah, he's got like it's. I don't even think it's a vest. It's like a, it's like a it's like a one of those shirts with no collar, but it's got like a, a like a a V. Could you just not see the red vest before? Does it like? He, it's conceivable that he had it on the whole time, right? But like, I think the third time I saw it, I was I looked. There was a couple of shots where like they kind of show him not just his head, and it's too dark. You can't tell. But I was like, I don't think he's got a red vest. On <laughs> I'm pretty sure he does not. Now have how a would they miss on. that? What does that mean then? That's not something continuity-wise that they would miss. I think that's just fine. Uh, where's Ian McDermott was wearing a red vest in this? Uh, so just edit it together. No one's going to notice a red vest. By the way, why is a guy in a black cloak wearing a red vest underneath? Is there a cummerbund beneath the red vest at the waistline? I don't. Was he gonna break into a tuxedo like when it was all done? And <laughs> See, like... that's the, that's the kind of thing that like someone could look at and complain about and be like, "Why does he have a red vest on now?" Just because he's. But to me, it's just fucking hilarious and great. It's like one of those, <laughs> like we can look back at Star Wars now from like thirty years ago and make jokes about it, and and forty two. But well, but like say Return of the Jedi, like one of my favorite, you know, there's always jokes about like, you know, pissing in the cantina. Would you even go number one in the bathroom (laughs) at cantina? Right. You know, those jokes. And then there's other things like remember pee outside, dude. Yeah. You got to pee outside, you know, take the bathroom at CBGB's. (laughs) Not going to touch it. Ben, uh, is there a bathroom around here? Uh, Go to the back of the uh, cantina, young Luke. Trust me. (laughs) Trust me. Uh, but like there's the, the, this old joke. We've talked about this before, like where not on podcast, but like when uh, in Return of the Jedi, when Mon Mothma is doing the whole meeting about the Bothans dying. And then she's like, Han Solo, do you have your crew? And he's like, I got my crew, but I still need another. And then Luke walks in and he's like, I'm with you too. Yeah. And then everyone just leaves. Yeah. Like, was the meeting over? It was over. Meeting adjourned. We got Luke's here. I think they probably still had stuff to do with that meeting. Yeah. Obviously, that's a little different than a red vest, but it's just one of those things where it's just funny that like, okay, so, all right, now this. I got my best red vest on. I'm stealing life force out of people. Everything is good. Yeah. Okay. I just, you know, or maybe he was wearing that red vest in preparation the whole time. It's a good Halloween costume next year. It's a black robe with a red vest on it. Yeah. Like the emperor. Maybe he had it on the whole time. The Sith 
uh, Eternal right, so, brought him a nice red vest and said, hey, you're going to need this when you come back to life. And he was like, I'm not. I'm going to inhabit Ray. I don't need a red vest. And they said, hey, you never know if a dyad's going to show up, dude. Have a fully restore you. You do not want to not have a red vest on if you're fully restored. What <laughs> 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 kind of fucking Sith Lord are you? You, of all people, the king of preparation. Yeah. Right? You've always got all the contingency plans. And you're not, you don't have red vest? There's, Come on. There's, there's an edit that is like on the, the editing room floor. Digital film doesn't happen. But anyways, where like you can actually see him pulling like the red vest out from behind <laughs> while stuff is happening and putting it on while all this stuff is happening. Just kind of slowly like one hand reaching back, grabbing. It's like in a bag. You know when they show the shot of his fingers coming back? Uh, what if they showed a shot of a red vest just forming out his body? <laughs> you see these threads just coming up. Someone's life chest. force, like had, someone had to die for this vest. <laughs> Do you like it? Sorry, I had a bit of a cold. I'm getting this over is it. this vest was made from hard. Ray's right foot. <laughs> Ray just, or like you know Ben and Ray look and they, they, they're kind of just missing pieces of clothing <laughs> just random like okay anyway so he has a, he's got a red vest now he's he's coming back to life uh, now he is the power of all the Sith in him and when he does that then he opens up you know he opens up the big uh, thing and sort of like Return of the Jedi tells Ray like you're running out of time right and all that after he throws Kylo over the into the hole, right. so so as I fell, so shall the last Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Love, I love that. Mm-hmm. And then you know, you know, Kylo's gonna live because when you fall in a pit in Star Wars, you live, except for Boba Fett. So far as we know, right? I still think that was his cape at the end of that episode of Mandalorian. That's I, it, probably not, but that's what I think. Yeah, okay. Because it was on Tatooine. Yeah, I know. It's on I Tatooine. Know. Yeah, it's where he fell into the hole. Yeah. Goddamn jetpack. Just get the fuck out of that hole. All right. Well, anyways. Um, so one of my favorite shots, though, is when, when he does that and he opens up the, 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 his moon roof or whatever so she can look and see that they're losing the fight. There's a shot where you can hear the people like panicking the radios of the ships. Right. The, 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 you know, the, the rebel pilots like panicking. You can mm-hmm. hear it. Yeah. It's really it's good. good. It's yeah, well it's done. good. Uh, and just about as they're as they're running out of hope, here comes Lando with the whole fucking galaxy. Yep, the schooners, just everything, everything, yeah. rowboats, Ro- yeah, people on fucking <laughs> yeah, people just on foot, right? <laughs> like, I love that shot. I, me too. I, it's just, great. I, then I love that whole idea. And then they they show Richard Grant's like, you know, what is this? They don't have a navy, and the guy's like, it's just it's just people. Just people. I love that. Yeah. If I told you. Charlie, if I told you this, like before the trilogy even came out, and I said the whole saga is going to end with all of the Sith inhabiting Palpatine, all of the Jedi inhabiting Rey, and the whole fucking galaxy is having a space war up above it. Are you not going to take that? Are you not entertained? Don't you agree? Hey, man, that is good stuff. And the the force ghosts talking to her through her that was awesome. And they set that up in the beginning when she was trying to get the force ghost to talk to her. Be with me. Be with me. Be with me. And the, and then and, and they got everybody. It's and good. it's all original dialogue. It's not stuff they use because they're all saying her name. Ahsoka's in there. Like all the that that's another one for for the fans. Oh yeah, Ahsoka. Yeah. 
And then uh, Hayden Christensen gets a line, and I even noticed that they they don't. There's a lot of like the the voices are crossing each other over, and there's a lot of reverb on them. The one line you hear that cuts through the reverb and is not echoing or anything is Hayden Christensen saying, "Bring balance to the force," as I did, Ray. Which people, you know, oh, Darth Vader's act of sacrifice was meaningless because the Empire came back. No, the force was in balance for decades, and right. Then he's just telling her, "Hey, you got to do it again. Doesn't last forever. It does not last forever." <laughs> okay, that was just a guy falling down the stairs. That's all that was. Come on, I, this is supposedly a pack of Star Wars sounds from the '80s. I wanted it to sound like the '80s, so you know it sounded like the old cheesy records that I used to listen to. But that's just a guy falling down the stairs. And this is Charlie and I talking about the Mandalorian in 2019. Just after having seen the trailer, you called the methed out stormtroopers. Yeah, because they're in like a back room, and the Mandalorians walking around some dirty area, and their their gear is all dirty, and their faces are like looks like smudged dirt and stuff, and like methed out stormtroopers kind of hanging out in a back room. Yeah, and even though they're they're wearing armor, which wouldn't change, it still seems like somehow they're like gaunt, (laughs) (laughs) emaciated. You know, like. There's definitely sores on skin underneath that armor. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, in that room is the great uh, director, Werner Herzog, who narrates the second trailer. Whole reason to put him in just so, look, anytime you make a trailer for it, you use his voice. And who's not going to want to see that? (laughs) Right. And uh, back when we when I first started the show, I said. uh, Bounty hunting. Is a complicated profession. Wouldn't you agree? Charlie, I'm going to play. Let me. Yeah, I mean, I'm, gonna I'm play a bounty th- hunter, so <laughs> I, I know. Yes. Can I, just for the context of the audience, because they actually show it in both trailers. And, and in, in each trailer, he's actually asking a different question. In one trailer, he's asking the, the, uh, the Mandalorian if he is indeed a great bounty, the best bounty hunter in the Parsec. If he agrees. Right. And in the other one, he's just asking him if bounty hunting is a complicated <laughs> profession, if he agrees. Okay. So let me, let, let's just play that. So for people who haven't seen the trailer, you can at least hear what we're talking about. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Would you agree? So it's like a job interview. <laughs> right? I guess he's asking questions. He has all the answers. <laughs> what happens if he gives a wrong answer? Something bad gonna happen? Well, he he's framing the questions. Like you, you be the Mandalorian for for just a moment, okay. right, Charlie. Like, and okay. Okay, you're coming. Okay. In. Carl Weathers just gave you, uh, you know, he said, ah, I got a bunch of jobs here, Rocky. What do you think of this one? And then you take that one and you come in and you got these this job or this job. Maybe you want this job, but they're all fine <laughs> jobs. Or you can talk to the crazy German behind this fucking door, and this is the job of a lifetime, kid. It's kind of set up like that, you know. You can take these, and these are fine jobs. These, these, these are solid jobs. Good, honest work. But people who know the difference you know my shit's a bad motherfucker. And then a little, little crossover, Quentin Tarantino, so a little bit. Oh, you know, it's still, it's Carl Weathers. He'd say that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or if he was, you know, to convince the Mandalorian that he shouldn't take a job, he'd say, "You can't win, Mandalorian." <laughs> yeah, right. 
So he walks in this thing. There's all the methed out stormtroopers. And, you know, here comes this guy. It's Werner Herzog, who's a director. And he's only acted, what, a dozen times or something? 13 times. 13 times that Mm -hmm. he's acted. But God knows he's made 100 movies. But that's like from the 1970s till, you know. Yeah. This. But any, but he's, I mean, the, he's made up a hundred movies, classics. Documentaries I, and stuff. Uh, yeah. I don't even know if I've ever seen any of them, but I know that he's like renowned as like, you know, uh, a pioneering director. But so, you know, he's a uh, Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. You know, bounty hunter. Yeah. It's a complicated profession. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Y- yeah. Well, sure it is. Yeah. They say you're the best in the parsec. Would you agree? Yes. I don't know. There's a lot of paperwork <laughs> hiding in space garbage that goes into being a bounty hunter. If I don't answer correctly, Would am you? I not going to get the contract? Would you agree? Yes. I. I, I yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Milk on a hot hot day isn't as thirst quenching as it is on a cold day wouldn't you agree yes sure yes it's it's it's, it's, one episode is just a series of yes or no questions being fired at the mandalorian and at any point if he doesn't say it correctly and give the right yes or no answer he's automatically out get out (laughs) out next Next. (laughs) or you know you you just you pick up on it right away and you're just like god that was the fucking easiest interview i've ever had Mm -hmm. guy asked me 10 questions each one of them he just asked me if i agreed and the answer was already in the question (laughs) so i already knew the answer it was very easy and so they're gonna. They should have school tests with that. Just statements. Wouldn't you agree? Two plus two is four. Wouldn't you agree? That's the new true or false. <laughs> oh shit! But uh, yeah, aside from the high comedy of the job interview, the Mandalorian looks very serious. I will say this: good. even though they're the easiest questions to answer. For some reason, there's something about his tone that is like an implied threat that if oh, you don't absolutely. agree with him, yes. the contract's going to be on you, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he'll send someone to kill you, probably just for disagreeing Maybe with him. Maybe Bill Burr with three guns. That's right, Bill Burr. Maybe that's that episode. He comes shooting, <laughs> shooting at him because he gets one of those questions <laughs> wrong. You didn't agree. He comes out just, I, I can never do the Bill Burr Boston accent, but you know. <laughs> hey, uh, you didn't Park agree. Park the car in the yard. Uh, yeah, yeah. The the German guy told me uh, <laughs> this jersey. You dis- dude. You, you, <laughs> Not a mobster. You disagreed. <laughs> I'm gonna go over to Jilly's after this. Got three it's guns. Not, it's not Boston, dude. I don't know how to do it. Let's take a little stroll into 2022 in the book of Boba Fett. Charlie and I were actually watching the season finale of Boba Fett during this podcast, and uh, we joined this conversation. During the time in which Boba Fett is fighting the many Pikes, member of the Pike Syndicate, the uh, Spice Runners on Tatooine. Also, where were all these extra guys? So in the first scene when they show up, there's about 15 to 20 of them. By now they've killed about 45. So were they just like, you wait in this building and then if someone gets shot, you walk and stand where they were. 
and you just slowly replace them. Yeah. Like, why didn't so. they just come out with like, you know, uh, 300 people all at the same time instead of 20? 20 at a time? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, yeah I we will only fight 20 at a time. That's yeah. the way that the Pikes fight. That's just what they do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... <laughs> what? Sir, we could overwhelm them with numbers. 500 guns on them all at once. No, 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 no. 20 at a time. That that kind of bullshit is reserved for Crimson Dawn. <laughs> we are the pikes. Like these guys come in, they don't even time. they don't go into the palace. They just stand behind like a a hover transport. The hell's up with that? That's just stupid. Well, and uh okay, after the first like 10 like laser blasts and like clearly like there's a deflector shield. Do you keep shooting? You know how fast it took Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon to figure out that they were going to beat those things? Yeah, it's a draw. Like 0.5 seconds. That's right. Master destroyers. It's a standoff. Let's go. It's a standoff. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And then they're out of there. And those were Jedi. Which, I mean, obviously they're smarter and stuff. But I mean, like, they had a better chance at figuring out a way to beat those things than these guys do. And they were like, no, let's get the fuck out of here. Can't stop. I don't know why that's so goddamn funny to me, but it's the pikes fight twenty at a time. That's what they do. They keep though. coming. Well, twenty at a time. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, if if they brought twenty guys and these two things to take over Jabba's palace? Like, two of them could have held them off. Yeah, you know, just shoot guys out in the open here and there. At any given time, you're only fighting against 20 people, so you got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Bill, there's going to be a Boba Fett show. I'm just going to warn you. I like this. Go. There's go. highs and lows. Go. There's some good stuff. There is kind of a teen Space Force 3000, and they ride mopeds. It's kind of lame. Don't worry. About Boba Fett's kind of also soft. But by the end of it, he rides a fucking rancor through a city on Tatooine and he fights like these scorpion shield shielded droids. And they just tear the whole fucking town up. Are you in or are you out? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, he rides he a rides rancor. rides a rancor. Rides it. Yeah. Like like a beast, like riding a beast. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a chain around his neck. And it's like obeying him? Yeah, he's like climbing over stuff. Um, yeah. Oh my fucking god! Killing the shit out of these robots. Well, and there's some fucking teenagers in there. Who cares? They they suck. They spin shoot when they shouldn't. Of course they do. They're dumb. He rides a rancor though. He rides a rancor through the streets of um, of of some Tatooine city. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, the, the Mando. He's gonna he's gonna get the dark saber. The Mandalorian gets the dark saber. Yeah, and he's gonna cut like. Like the arms off of one of these giant, like, um, uh, shielded droids. After Boba Fett just fucked with it with a rancor. That's right. Oh my God. Yep. I mean, that's it. Yeah. You sign me up. Uh, what yeah. did you say? What did you say? Would you say something about it? He was a little soft or something. What was that? Well, uh, he just, he knows what it's like to be, you know, at the whim, the beck and call of everyone and getting screwed over as a bounty hunter. So he's trying to be like the, the working man's, uh, you know, uh, a gangster lord, but of the people. So, like, he has sympathy for a simple man trying to wake, make his way in the universe. Like that's right. Dad. That's yeah. That's correct. So he kind of comes back full circle. He's just a simple man trying to make his way through the universe. That is correct. Well, that sounds like fucking. It's great. It's good. Yeah. 
No, you got to put up with some shit. That, I'm going to tell you, you got to yeah, put up with some shit. Can I tell you then, just to wrap that up, the last time, the one thing I have done, Charlie, that I have improved upon is I don't engage. Like, I look at all this stuff and everything, but I don't drop comments. I don't fucking get in people's tweet threads and do all that stuff, right? Yeah. I but I did on one yeah. because the opportunity was too good. What was it? This fucking guy. This is today when we were looking at, when we were texting each other about the episode and about the uh, thing, the announcement of not making any more standalones. They didn't say they're not. They just said it's on, on, hold. on hold. And apparently that's not official announcement. It's Collider, but I, I believe Collider. Um, particularly the guy that announced it, that bald guy, he's all over the Star Wars. He's always doing, yeah, he's always having fucking symposiums with Ryan Johnson and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> symposium but uh <laughs> please carry on <laughs> anyway uh so i don't engage with these people but today when i was reading that i was getting myself fired up all day to do this podcast because it's it, it passions me and i one of the guys said there was a tweet from collider saying hey watch this video about lucasfilm not making any more standalones and blah 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 all these tweets you know it's split right down the middle right some people are like oh my god why are they overreacting and some people are like oh good fuck them and this one guy said, can't we pause all the Star Wars movies? <laughs> and so I thought this, and uh, I was like, I, okay, all right. Just one time I'm going to let out the old uh, reverend, my, uh, my uh, alter ego from the days. <laughs> the back old troll. The, the old troll from the force.net back in the uh, early 2000s. So I, I tweeted back to this guy, I said, why don't I? Why don't you let us watch? Why don't you let me watch my Star Wars, and I'll let you watch your horse on horse porn, and nobody will pause anything, and we'll all be happy, especially the horses. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? I'm just telling him like, don't, why don't you leave my fucking Star Wars alone, and I'll leave your horse on horse porn alone. But why was he? Horse on horse porn? That's just my insult. <laughs> I read. That, you know, I'm telling him <laughs> in one weird insult. in one way. I'm telling him, hey, like why can't why can't you just leave? You know, who cares if you don't like it? Don't watch it. But I wanted to make sure that I was the real troll about it and <laughs> suggested that he watches bestiality. Well, horse on horse porn. <laughs> did he? Did he respond? No, he never did. Oh, I mean, I don't know. Let's see. That was a long time ago. Earlier this morning. Uh, I'm just going to check Twitter real quick and see if this fucker asshole did actually reply to me with a horse on horse. Nope, nothing. <laughs> no notification, dude. That guy just left it there. Good, good for him. You know, good for him. I respect that. I respect it. He just left it. Like, I'm not dealing with that horse on horse porn guy. And the people that feel that way, they can just not watch the movie. That was my point. Why are you tweeting about this? Just why, don't go. Why are you? Why you just? Why don't we pause all the stories? We just don't go to them. Watch your horse on horse porn. <laughs> Don't worry about Star Wars. I'll watch Star Wars and not worry about your horse on horse porn. And everyone will be happy, especially the horses. <laughs> that's, a, that's very nice. Thank you. Well I said. Was very happy about that. Well said. It was like from old school days. I didn't I even to... know there was horse on horse porn. So I don't know if there is either. <laughs> that was another thing I was happy about. Is there horse on horse? <laughs> Yep, a little Vader breathing. Time to talk some Kenobi. 
But like wasted moments, right? This is something that we've said in previous podcasts about the original series versus the prequels or the sequels. Some of the wasted moments are like the best stuff, like when they're in the Millennium Falcon and they're fucking around playing chess and just talking, waiting to get to Alderaan. There's fucking nothing happening. Oh, yeah. Right. And then right. like in and then in the sequels, like we're like, dude, they're here, then they're there, then they're fighting oh, here, God, and it's just yeah. smash, smash, yeah. smash into the next thing. And there's not enough breathing. Yeah. So you gotta do it a little bit. No, you have to have that 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 stuff. I mean, we were just we were watching the the man the book book of Boba Fett gallery Disney thing. Yeah. And and John Favreau, remember he was talking about how like, you know, you get you get to places where you have to have like exposition and he was talking about the scene in a new hope where obi-wan and luke just sit down in his fucking hut and they just fucking talk yeah and he just he gets into the lore of star wars and i think some of my favorite stuff like in the first episode is like owen and obi-wan talking uh obi-wan and leia talking when in that one scene i think it's the beginning of episode three yeah when they're on the transport and she's like you know, can't you use the force to make this go faster? And then she's like, what does it feel like? And he says, have you ever been afraid of the dark? Uh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. the light, it feels like that. Yeah. Like, that's such a great moment. It, 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 yes. And it's quiet. They're just on a ship on their way to the thing. Like, if that was directed by J.J. Abrams, they would have had visited three planets in that time. <laughs> right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 50 lens flares, 20 planets and five battles. And all of them blown up by a fucking superstar destroyer. Right. Um, God, you know what, dude? I, I, I've always kind of tried to, like, look at the positive of the sequels. But the more I see of, like, when there's good Mando and this show being when it's at its best. Yeah. Even, even like, yeah. those episodes of Book of Boba Fett, like the Bryce Dallas Howard and the Filoni episode, all of those, the sequels just get worse and worse. And Rogue One, even Solo. Like that has some. There's a rewatchability. Rogue One gets worse, you think? No, no, no. Rogue oh, One. Oh, okay. Good. Rogue One making it be, making Rogue yeah, One. Yeah, yeah, yes. On the good side, for sure. Even Solo, I think, on the good side. Like there's a there's a rewatchability factor on Solo. Believe me. Underrated. It is underrated for sure. Once you like, you see it a couple times, you realize there's a lot more than it. At the time, I think with the last jet, the post last Jedi Fallout and all that stuff, it was just a bad time for a star wars movie to come out of any kind and we've talked about this and the fact that you just saw harrison ford take his last breath as han solo last and then five minutes later you're shoving down my throat another actor (laughs) right right, i'm not ready for yeah stepdad yet (laughs) (laughs) parents just got divorced like give me some breathing room here exactly exactly Sure, exactly. Jim's a nice guy, and like, yeah, I get it. You, you need to go and live your life. I'm just not ready for this yet. Oh, that is the, that's the perfect analogy. But yeah, I mean, the more the more of that, the good content that comes out, the less I think of the sequels because it's like they they just they get so much wrong. There's, I can't think of anything in the sequels at all that got to me the way this whole the last 10 minutes of this episode like hit me yeah all right so like for as much as everyone except maybe just han solo being there but that's just like han solo being there like ewan mcgregor being there also gets me like that too so all right so 
everyone loves Mando now, but like first five episodes are like this is just like should be called side mission. Yeah, yeah. Everything like didn't connect from one episode to the other, and like, all right, but is this guy gonna do anything? This is like Star Trek. Let's just go to a new planet every episode. But, but they found their way, and then it's like amazing, and now everyone it's like universally loved, right? It's like saved the Star Wars franchise for sure, right? Um, if this came out first, this is the first TV show that Disney made. Would it be as critiqued? Do you think that Mando doing as well as it did and people finally trusting Disney now, like, is it getting goodwill, more goodwill than it deserves because of it? Or is it getting more microscope? More microscope. You think uh, also, so? Yes, because of Book of Boba Fett, too. Because people thought Book of Boba Fett, oh, John Favreau, Dave Filoni again. It's, this is going to be great. This is going to kick ass. But it wasn't. Like, it was. No, it, people were disappointed Rod- in it. Rodriguez. But well, yeah. but but Favreau did write every script. Yeah. I mean, Robert Rodriguez directed it, and the episodes that take out—I mean, look, Boba Fett episodes five and six, or four and five, or whatever they are—the Luke episode and the Bryce Dallas Howard episode, the Mandalorian episode—are fucking awesome. Bryce Dallas Howard has never done any wrong in the Star Wars universe. No, and she she should be the next showrunner for the next big. Well, Filoni's Ahsoka's shooting now, and Filoni's yeah. doing that, so that'll be great. He's not going to fuck that up. Um, so, like, I'm not... God, interesting if, if, like, Ahsoka is better than Kenobi. Well, here's the thing. Okay, you're going, like, going back to Stranger Things, right? Stranger Things is the Duffer brothers are doing their thing that they made up. Yeah. Right? It's not open to interpretation right, from somebody right, yeah, else. It's yeah. their I, fucking I where you're at. story. Ahsoka is, I mean, it's not Dave Filoni exclusively, like George Lucas also created Ahsoka, but Dave Filoni designed her. Dave Filoni was sort of like... We're not worrying if someone's interpreting something the wrong way in a way we don't like. Exactly. It's source code. It, it's, so, it's source code, exactly. If you don't like what happens in Ahsoka, then it's the same as sort of being like, well, I don't like the prequels. Well, it's like... Right. That's fine. That's fair enough. You don't have to, but that's but George this is, Lucas. Uh, it's just the originator. Yeah. It's yeah. like, this isn't a cover band. Right. This is that artist. Right. It's so not a cover band. You can like it or not like it, but right. you can't say that they fucked up George's thing or whatever. Like, Dave, Ahsoka is Dave Filoni's. George was very capable of fucking up his own thing on his own. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean- you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, the, yes, the Obi Wan. It's I like yeah, like you said, it's high. St- also, Ahsoka is lower stakes. Not anymore. It's high stakes, but it's not as high stakes as Obi Wan and Darth Vader. It's become that. However, that's another thing that happens. Like with these series, like they bring in new characters. They, the first reaction is always like, "What the fuck are they bringing this person in?" For? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't just have like. You just can't have like the one character you know sitting in a room by themselves. They have to, you have to care about other people. You have to hate other people. Like they have to have something in that universe to bounce off of. Somebody, as much as I would watch Obi Wan Kenobi sitting in a room by himself for ten years, <laughs> and like you know he's taking up gardening and cooking his new recipe, and every now and then he gets the binoculars out and you see Luke, but you don't ever hear him. You just see him through the binoculars from far away. <laughs> I would watch that show. So would you. And if he goes to town, you only see characters from the first movie. Not an action film, Bill. 
it's a char- it's a character study, Charlie. A character study, Charlie. <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi, in his hut by himself. He sees no one. He touches nothing, Charlie. It's movie magic. It's high stakes, Charlie. <laughs> Which makes sense because so much of Return of the Jedi is running around. Yeah. There's so much running around, fighting, Oh, the thinking whole about opening like, with Jabba's, Jabba's Palace. Palace. Like, There's that takes forever. Nothing. There's nothing. By the way, Charlie. Nothing for but, a long time. By the way, uh, what exactly was the plan for to- Jabba's Palace? Because it seems like it was just Luke Skywalker sending people in one by one to be captured. I think it was... They ended up with plan B. But what plan A seems to be. Plan A was. The droids go. I'm going to go in. (laughs) I'm going to try to use the force. I'm going to try to appeal to his better nature and and hope that the, uh, you know, hope that the force will allow this to happen in a peaceful way. If it doesn't and shit hits the fan, then we've got backup. I just wonder why you why doesn't he just go in there? Instead, instead of okay, I I can understand send Lando in to keep an eye on Boba Fett because that's he's really the only viable combat threat in there, right? This Boba Fett, the rest are fucking drunk aliens. Right? What's, what's Jabba gonna do to right. you? You know? Well, but hey, J- Jabba is like strong-minded enough for for uh, Luke to not know that he's gonna hit the trap door on him. You can't foresee and, and, that kind of stuff. And maybe he thought force. he maybe he really did think he was going to mind trick him. I think he underestimated them. He did underestimate him. But but the thing is too though, it's like why are you sending because he he's piling up the amount of people he's going to have to rescue even if it works. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cuz it's like yeah. first it's just Han and then Lando's now in there and then he gives him the droids and now he's got to rescue those four and then she, uh, she, uh, Leia brings Chewbacca in there, so now he's got seven fucking people he's yeah. got to rescue. When he all he really needed to do is get on. Yeah, I, I think it just it was a plan that just went <laughs> from worse to worse to worse to worse. I, I, you know what? I think he did. He underestimated Jabba, and I really think that he thought the whole mind trick thing was just gonna is just gonna play it out. So like, I send the droids him. in, you guys are a distraction. Then so that. That way, when Princess Leia comes in, she can sell the Wookiee, you know, C-3PO will be there. He can do the translating. You'll get Han. Then I'll pop up and use the mind trick, and we're all out of there. You know what is another thing I I always think about is what happens if Jabba's like, all right, I'll take the droids. That's cool. As a gift, and then they get him out, and he's like, fine, you can pay his the money he owes, but we're keeping the droids and like fucking heartless you just gave away r2d2 you fucking asshole he's not a human being it is it is no it's r2 dude but it's r2 it's r2 he's he knows the whole history so then was he so then was he going to go back on his word and like well i know i gave him to you but now we'll rescue them too so all right we gotta go back we got han out though and then han you do have to be a part of the rescue party and risk getting captured again unfortunately because we gotta get the fucking droids out of there yeah let's end it on a high note then all right let me end it with this then charlie something beautiful okay i've just had a revelation actually about all of this it's gonna wrap this up and make me feel happy just before we got started doing this while i was setting up today and you were you were putting your son to bed and i was here in this room setting up the the mics and shit and i was looking out this window and like across these rooftops and there's like these these telephone wires and the sun was setting right behind them 
And I was remembering that when I was a little kid, I used to look out the back window at like, the, you know, there was like these telephone wires and shit and that the sun would go down and when the sky was the right type of purple, I would always think about the twin suns and the, the theme would run through my head. And, and, and to this day, like when I see certain types of sunsets in certain settings that remind me of where I grew up, I think of that. That was like my own little Tatooine, right? It was like my made up Tatooine. And that's probably as happy as Star Wars has ever made me. Watching sunsets behind telephone wires. Beautiful. As much as seeing Darth Vader say, I'm your father or, or any of it. You're not going to get that in a movie ever. Ever. As happy as even, you know, Rogue One made me so happy, but it will makes me happier just to look out and see the telephone wires and hear the binary sunset playing. I, I think that's where all the criticism falls short is people don't realize that's, the best part of Star Wars. It always has been. And it's the part that all of those critics and people that are trolling the shit out of it have totally lost and missed. Certainly nothing I can add to that. May the force be with you. Cue the hot chick. Pop Talk and Aliens, the William Clear podcast.